You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes and even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will thrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, welcome to the Get Fucking Real show. I adore today's guest. She happens to be a dear friend of mine for many years, and she was insulted that I had not asked her to be on the show. (laughs) I think I had a, and continue to have a reserve of dear friends that I can call upon as guests and I hadn't had to do it. (laughs) And uh, so now I'm excited, didn't have to do it, but still delighted to do it, to have Gina Gabellini on the show today. And let's kick off with the question. Have you ever felt like an underdog? I really related to that underdog terminology, but I had never really thought of it like that. You know, I I was like, oh, I feel like, you know, I'm an underdog, but I for sure have compared myself, felt like I, you know, didn't fit in or I wasn't as good as the others. I, in the past, would put people on a pedestal. I then started to call them pedestal people (laughs) when I really started to be aware of it. And I love how vulnerable Gina is with where she's come from in this industry. She's been around a couple more years than me, which is highly unusual. So she's been doing this conscious entrepreneur thing for 25 years. And she calls herself a master business coach and helps entrepreneurs make more money and attract their very best clients with stress-free strategies. So y'all know I'm totally up for that. And her underdog used to sound like I'm not polished. I suck at marketing. I don't want to bother people. And through this conversation, she reveals though how those things, those stories got changed and like what was happening in her life and how the her business reflected back to her things that helped her kind of heal those things. And I think you will find it illuminating, especially if you relate to any of those things. <laughs> and she, she shares a story that she doesn't share very widely, thus the uh, straight talk and confessions from successful soulful entrepreneurs about a former boyfriend who started to stalk her and the impact that that had on her, and as you could imagine. So thank you for tuning in to this wide ranging conversation with a a good friend of mine, Gina Gabellini. She, just a couple other credentials. She is the co-author of Life Lessons for Mastering the Law of Attraction, along with her bestie and another friend of mine, Eva Gregory, and Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield. So that was a, a really beautiful opportunity that she created for herself. And then her newest book is called 10 Minute Money Makers, and the other is Rock Your Profits. She's prolific and an amazing teacher. And one of the things that she's created years ago, I still use called, it's a, it's a journal and it's called Speed Dial the Universe. And it was recently updated, but I, for years, bought it in bulk and would give it to my clients. So we'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. It's just a beautiful daily journaling process to help you 
turn things over to the universe, get clear what's on your plate for that day, focus on gratitude, um, evidence that things are coming to you. It's really, really a really great thing. And I'm, I'm, you know, there's many of us that made products in the early days that kind of abandoned them because everything's virtual. And I love that she still gets these things printed up and invested in having a new cover and everything. And uh, I will testify that she uses it because I was wondering, I filled mine out the morning of our interview and I sent her a picture of it to show her, look, I'm using your journal. And then she refers to it in the interview. So I, I think it's really, to me, when somebody walks their talk, uses their own stuff, to me, that's like the highest um, level of integrity and mastery. So, okay, without any further ado, can't wait for you to meet Miss Gina Gabellini. Gina Gabellini, welcome to the GFR show. I'm, it's like home. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny, y'all. Gina is a dear friend of mine. And we were on we were on a panel recently and we were back channeling messaging because I was promoting the show and I was telling people, you know, go listen to the show. And she was like, hey, how come I haven't been on your show? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, it's time. It's time. It's time for to be on the show. So I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. All right. Gina and I have a special connection that like, we don't talk that often at all, but we're just like, like I would say she's one of my closest friends is super authentic drop in, you know, instantly. And one of the things that I have, that I go to for Gina over the years has been her passion and expertise around law of attraction. She's written a book. You heard that in the bio, in the intro. And, but she practices what she preaches and she is just like uh like she uses it in her life kind of like how I am all about GFR and I'm like calling myself out on my own shit and I'm like getting real and I'm like no bullshit and all of that stuff and how that's how I hold space for my clients um Gina is that way in her life and so I just I want to it's probably something I'll also put in the introduction but I want to I want people to know what where I go to you for like that's the expertise or the space that you hold in life in your business and yet it doesn't mean that bad shit doesn't happen to you is that right <laughs> no only good shit of course <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> which kind of makes it extra frustrating right yes I, I, I'm either see I have the I have like two modes I'm either like Woohoo! Everything's working. You're like, oh my god, this is just like the worst ever. <laughs> I'm super dramatic about everything, and I think it's frustrating too when you know when you know what's possible and what's possible in a good way is not what's happening in your life. And you're like, how did this happen? This is not supposed to happen. This was not. This was not. No, this was not a part of the plan. So yeah, I get extra pissy when things happen and deep in it. So yeah, no, I don't live on cloud nine all the time. <laughs> and I think, you know, and I just, so I think it's important. Like I'm here to like put all these experts that others maybe put on a pe pedestal or even we put ourselves on a pedestal sometime and just go, no, like it doesn't mean because we're an expert at this that we just manifest everything we want, you know, instantly doesn't mean because I'm, you know, the get fucking real expert that I'm just like, never have fear about being myself or, you know, you know, it's just, it's part of the journey. And I believe, you know, in my Unmentor program, we really talk about how our healing is central to the evolution of our work. Like it is inexplicably interconnected where we, if we don't acknowledge it, we will, like that is the downfall. It's not because we didn't do the perfect marketing execution. It's because we're not getting real about where our healing is. And so I'm, really excited to have the conversation today to like pull back the curtain. I mean, you're pretty authentic in who you are and with your clients and stuff. And I think that there's some nuances and things that maybe people haven't heard of your, of the struggle part of your journey that has birthed, you know, your amazing body of work and who you are and all that. So, so where, so, so where do you want to begin? You know, um, we want to like hit some key sort of like really GFR moments in your journey that really have contributed to who you are in your business and your expression, you know, in your mission now. So where do you feel like you want to start? 
Well, I don't know. I think we could just start right at the beginning, which is I fell in love with coaching. I was working for a seminar company. I fell in love with coaching and said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, which is great. This is my 25th year in this business. And I still feel the same. I can't imagine doing anything else. However, um, I always thought I was really good at what I did. Like, I thought I was a great coach. <laughs> probably a little bit more. I probably was thought I was better than I was, especially in the beginning. Like, oh, I can coach anybody on anything. And then, of course, I went to coaches training and I'm like, oh, I can see now how I put people into resistance because I don't give a shit about where they're at. You said you wanted this. This is where we're going. Let's go. Why are you kicking and screaming, client? I do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> and then I understood because then I was kicking and screaming. Um, I think that one of the things that's kind of been a theme throughout my whole business, though, is in the beginning, I feel like I had these very big lofty goals that felt lofty at the time. And then other people were achieving them so quickly and I was not. And I did a lot of corporate coaching. I, um, I met Laurel Langmeyer way back in the beginning. She had just gone through coaches training. So did I, and she was a go-getter and she kind of took me under her wing. We did coach, we did uh, corporate coaching together and she just had these big, my big thoughts, big goals, and just would go get them handled. I'm like, I just immediately it triggered all my underdog. I have like this underdog complex, like, oh, well, how come they can do that? And I can't, what is my problem? Right. And I think striving for me kind of set in right after that. I yeah. was, um, she, I love that underdog. I just want to, I love that underdog complex thing. Cause I haven't heard it put that just like that. And so I was like, oh, I'm comparing myself to others or whatever, but yeah, that is an interesting orientation that I think we all has at some point kind of shows up as like, hey, hey, why, why is that good shit happening for them? And why, why does it never happen for me? You know, kind of creating that, that underdog story. So yeah. that's- And I think that just lends itself to make up all sorts of stories, which of course I did. Like, oh, well, this person has this, this person is polished. I'm certainly the opposite of polished. I'm super casual. You know, I, I would never wear high heels if I, you know, I just wear shorts and a tank top and- just let whatever flies out of my mouth fly out of my mouth. I'm very unpolished. And I, for years and years and years and years, I really thought that was a big part of the problem of why I couldn't have the success I saw other people having. And I also, I, eventually I made up, which was probably true, but I made it, made it so big and scary was I suck at marketing. That was, I like, I said it in my head out loud, lived it, breathed it. I suck at marketing. That's a, that's a really loving thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, and actually it's funny, I remember the first time I spoke to you, I can't remember who introduced us. I was talking to you on the phone and I was like, oh, she's so smart. And I'm like, I'm just not like that. Like I'm never, man, I'm just never going to be good mm -hmm. at marketing, which means I'll probably never get what I want. Like maybe wow. I'm just a person that's kind of destined to have an okay business, even though I had these grandy, I had like a, this big mission, not had nothing to do with money. But I was like, oh, I want to create such a big, I'm going to create world peace one mind at a time. And then, you know, I would just constantly get stuck at these set points around money or how, you know, how much money I could make and what it took to get there, you know. And I would get sucked into I get sucked into these patterns of what I thought I had to do to create success. So yeah, I think it all stemmed from underdog itis, <laughs> <laughs> and then and made I, up stories. We all have stories. I made up not good at marketing, not polished enough. And then it's eventually, at some point, I took the unpolished away, uh, and that was whew, that felt good. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? I don't have to wear. I, I would literally wear suits. Oh like I, I can't go, even picture it. <laughs> oh, it was so. I can't even picture your shoulders being covered. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I was doing a class the other day. I was up at my cabin and it, I, it's cold. We don't have like where my office is there. I don't, there's no real heater. It's a space heater. Like these are old school cabins. And someone said, I have never seen you in a sweater. One of my clients. Like, That's funny. I've never seen you in a sweater. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so man. at some point the uh I'm not I'm not polished went away but you still had the I suck at marketing I suck at marketing Woo, that was a big one 
And so I kept trying to learn from people as we all do. <laughs> but do you feel like you kind of like, you have a story that I suck at marketing. So I just better go and like learn all the shit, hire all the mentors. Like, like I better figure this shit out. It's like. I did. And I, I remember thinking <laughs> I would, they would ask me these very hard questions. <laughs> you know, like, they, the, the mentors? <laughs> no, the mentors. They would ask me these Those questions. Jerks. I'm like, why are you asking me to figure it out? I totally don't understand this whole thing. Can't you just tell me what to say about what I do? Like, <laughs> I didn't know how to say what I did. I don't, what do I say? You know, I help, what do I help people do? I can help people get whatever they want in life. Why isn't that good enough? But <laughs> <laughs> I get anything. What is not clear about that? And I remember getting pissed off. We hired uh, my friend and I, Eva, we, we had a business together and we had businesses separate. And so we hired a PR person and she asked all these hard questions. I remember getting so mad going like, you know, clearly I am, I'm not even going to hire another mentoring person because I don't even, I don't even understand what she's asking me. Like so irritated with the person. So, and it wasn't them. I just, it was a, you know, it was a recurring theme and, and mad at myself. Like, what do I, why don't I get this? Like it completely confused me. And then I remember at some point, I just, well, I got stuck. I just kept making the same amount of money every year. Like because of law of attraction was the only reason, not because of marketing. I ended up making six figures and it was the year that I let everything go and I didn't care about anything. And it was like tripled my income. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, I have found the secret, which is not the secret, the book, cause it wasn't even out then. <laughs> I found the secret, let go, have fun and just do it, which is what I taught anyway. But, you know, I did it to the hilt. I do, we did, uh, even I did this experiment and both of us in our business at the same time, where it was like, okay, for 90 days, we are not going to do anything unless it is peer pleasure. Even if we have a business meeting and we don't feel like getting on the meeting, we'll just call each other and say, yeah, we're not going to do the meeting. Uh, and in those days, right, during the, that was not, internet marketing really wasn't a thing. And if it was a thing, I didn't know about it. But I remember if you didn't answer the phone when it rang, you were crazy. Like your business phone. Yes. And I remember, I was like, I don't feel like answering the phone right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, right? what if that's a potential client? <laughs> They'll think that you aren't serious about your business and they won't, you know, you'll get mad if you don't call them back right away. And I didn't, wasn't interested. I love this experiment. A 90 days, pure pleasure. Yes. I mean, this is like perfect for a GFR commandment number two, which is let go of what doesn't feel good. <laughs> it was, I got to tell you, it was scary. I remember calling Eva one day. I said, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm organizing the cupboard. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm filing recipes. I go, it feels <laughs> really weird to just do whatever and not be working right now. And that kind of led to like, oh, I get it. This feels good. After about a month, it became more normal. And that year, I finally skyrocketed what I thought was the holy grail, six figures. But, you know, that wasn't obviously when you make whatever you make, whatever you think the goal was going to be like, oh, I'll be financially free. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> I still was working a lot. Uh, but somehow I think I got caught in the trap again of, well, I should be doing even better than this. And what does it take to get, grow my business even better than this? And, but you know what? I still didn't budge off that six figure mark for, I don't know how many years. I'm going to guess it was probably about 10 years. I would just, that profit set point was just stuck and it didn't matter what I did. I would like make maybe a couple thousand more or a couple thousand less. It just wouldn't budge. And it, I think it took me, well, I went backwards at some point. I, um, I got in a very bad relationship. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. So uh, let's now parallel this story that you shared so far with significant life events, <laughs> you know, and where the universe and life was taking you to like, teach you shit <laughs> that you needed to, you know, for your future. Yeah. So, yeah. I, it was like all these, actually some good things were happening. Like I met Jack Canfield. I had him on our radio show way back when, and they, I got a book deal with him and it was like, I was kind of poised to like take off. And then I got in a really bad relationship, finally left. And then it was, it got very serious. 
he stalked me. There were death threats, stole my computer. My, of course, my computer wasn't backed up, which that was wow. like my life at the time. Like my whole business, poof, gone. Car sprayed with acid. I mean, it was just, it was a scene. The cops were always at my house and I was a emotional mess. I wasn't even paying attention to my business because I, I couldn't even... Some days he would call like 60 times a day. Oh my god. And so if a client was trying to call in, they would get this busy signal because he's calling in and jacking up my phone line. It was insane. It you was must have been like, how is this happening? This is like a lifetime movie. How is this happening to me? Like, was there just like a like a complete disbelief of like that that the, this is I happening even, to you? I wasn't even thinking about it. I was in <laughs> such terror every day. Oh my god! And I was so stressed out and anxious. I was hiding my car like in different places in the neighborhood, so he couldn't find it to do anything to it. Wow. Uh, because anything he could find, he was taking, and he was so good at it. And the cops, they they believed. I I thought it was so crazy that he would get away. And like, no, we believe you, and we get what he's doing. We just can't. We have to have the hard proof, and he is just so sneaky about it. And so. How long did this go on? Oh my gosh, probably six months, maybe longer. Wow. And then I met my now, who I've been, my, the guy I'm with now, Steve, and um, I didn't know this then, but he knew him. We all met together when we were skydiving. And so he, I didn't know it, but he goes, do you ever, you know, what's happening with him? Have you heard from him lately? I'm like, no, I haven't. He's like, yeah, I had a conversation with him. Oh. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I see. Because I think that Steve and I think a lot of people at that point thought I was exaggerating because they knew the person that he didn't seem that like that type of person. And so a lot of people didn't believe me uh, until they did, <laughs> until they saw things happening. But um, I think at some point I looked, I kind of finally started paying attention to my business and was like, oh, I'm in deep trouble. I have lost all my clients because I was so distraught. I wasn't paying attention to anything. I think I had three clients left at that point, Wow. which I think I was only charging like $3,000 a month at that point. So that was $3,000. That did not even cover, you know, like living expenses at that point. And so of course, now I'm in another panic. Oh my gosh, I have no money. And at that point in my career, I called myself my I was I called myself the extreme abundance coach. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Which was Talk about uh, our work is our healing. <laughs> oh my gosh! I had a big old that was a big deal. I'm like, oh my gosh! If anybody found out, this is yeah. what's happening. I am not abundant at all. It was also very. I felt very shameful of the whole like I have this ex stalker. I have the stalker dude. Like, this is insane. It's embarrassing. It's how did I create this? Here I am. You know, I teach about, you know, I teach entrepreneurs things, but I also teach law of attraction. How did I create this? And wow, how did I get myself in this mess? And how come I can't get myself out? You know, it's funny. The thing that snapped me out of it, there was two things. One was good and one was very bad, but it worked. A cop came to my house one time, like for the third time. He's and he called, he should, he'd been at my house so many times. He said, hi, coach. I'm oh, like, geez. oh my God, the guy remembers what I do for a living. This is embarrassing. That just shows you how many times he's been at my house for the stalker. <laughs> and I said, I just broke down. I started crying and I said, I, I just can't take this. I don't know if he's going to kill me or what. He's like, you know, you can't keep looking over your shoulder like this. You have got to, you got to live. You got to choose to live and be okay. When it's your time, it's your time. Wow. And I just looked at him dumbfounded. I'm like, well, who's coaching who now? Wow. I said, you're right. I'm just looking over my shoulder, scared all the time. And that was like a big wake up call for me. I said, okay, I just got to stop being scared. Wow. And obviously that whole vibe of being scared carried over into my business, which was, that was, that was the whole energy. I'm scared. So I was scared was what I was putting out in the world. And of course, everything I didn't want to happen was happening. It was like all the normal things that I would do to get clients, nothing worked, nothing worked. And then one day I, I was crying all the time. I was so stressed out about the boy, the ex-boyfriend. I was stressed out about money. 
And my current guy, Steve, his business was just booming at the time. He's in, he was, he's in construction. He does high end stairs. And I'm like, how come I just can't be like him? He's all excited about his business. He's doing great. My best friend, Eva, her business was doing great. And I would call Eva and I'm like, I need, I need coaching. Like, what am I going to do? She's like, you got to stop trying so hard. I'm like, I know, but I can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really hard to stop, quote unquote, trying. It's really hard to stop that pushing and trying. It's a trap. It is such a trap. And that was the trap I was in for a year. No matter what I did, nothing worked. It was getting to the point where I was, I couldn't even make the minimum payment on my credit cards anymore. You know, I was trying to buy groceries and I'm like, oh, great. On the credit card, I didn't have money. Oh, stop. And then my, my boyfriend, the, the new boyfriend said, I think that you need to get a job. <laughs> I mean, can you say something worse to an entrepreneur? This was a <laughs> well, breakup. Sometimes, sometimes. Oh, 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 it was a breakup moment. I have never hated anybody. I hated him <laughs> in that moment worse than the ex-boyfriend. <laughs> And he's like, no, I don't know any coach that makes money. This is ridiculous. I don't know what you're doing. I'm like, I used to make six figures. He's like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I'm like, do you want me to show you my tax returns? And he said, yes. Oh. 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 (laughs) Oh, I was livid. And so I went and got it. I threw it at him. And then in my mind, I said, you know what? I was totally didn't mean it. I just said this to get him off my back and to be a martyr. I just said, you know what? If in three months, nothing has changed, I will go get a job. Are you okay with that? He's like, yeah. And I was like, that's it. I got so angry, so angry at him, so angry at myself. And then it hit me. Oh, I see why he thinks that for an entire year. All he's seen me do is be upset, cry, totally not be in my power. And yeah, I'm not making money. What, what he's observing is someone who is broke and not doing anything different. <laughs> she just keeps doing the same thing over and over and complaining. He held up the fucking mirror that you don't want to look in. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it makes sense that he would say that to me. So I got, I wasn't mad at him anymore, but I did, it, it kind of egged me on to like prove. Yeah. You just gave yourself a deadline. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, watch me, buddy. It was like, I'm gonna just smack you in the face with my badassery. Watch this. And I got <laughs> mad and I got fierce. And you know what I did? I just kind of went back to the whole peer pleasure thing. I mm. said, I'm gonna not worry. I don't know how to get clients. Now, obviously, everything I knew about how to get clients has gone out the window because I'm pushing so hard. So I think I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna focus on giving like five star customer experience to my current clients because I don't think they've been getting the best of me because I'm so stressed out. And I'm going to appreciate them. And I'm going to like, I'm gonna, I had moved into a new house and I was so distraught over the whole ex-boyfriend thing. I really hadn't organized the new house. And so I'm going to put some pictures up. I'm going to actually make this a home and act like a normal person. If there's such a thing. <laughs> and I just started organizing. The basics. You got to, ba- you got back to basics is what I'm hearing. It's like, yeah. let me just work on what's in front of me instead of, you know, looking, you know, putting so much energy in the future. Yeah. Stop caring. Like if I'm going to go broke, Gina, you are broke. (laughs) You are. And uh, yeah. Welcome to broke. (laughs) Yeah. And so I I looked at, I laid out, I I took a look at all my expenses and where my credit was. Like I hadn't been willing, I knew I was in trouble, obviously I didn't have any money, Uh, but I put, made a bit spreadsheet and I was scared to see where I was at. I didn't really want to see, I looked at it and I'm like, Oh, it's as bad as I thought, but it's not worse. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. So what do you want to do? What? What do you want to do about it? So what? Now what? I'm like, okay. And so I just, I just kept, I mean, I put a huge, huge, huge focus on appreciation for the clients I had and did, I, I was doing the project at home because I felt like at least I can be proud of something. I think I'd relied on my business and my you know, like when you're accomplishing in your business, it makes you feel like, Ooh, I'm doing something great in the world. Well, I wasn't doing much great in the world at that point, except for with my three clients. (laughs) And, um, it worked. 
within about a month, I found some money that was there the whole time. It was in a savings account I had forgotten about. Oh, that's crazy. Who forgets they have money in a savings account? That's crazy. Nobody. Wow. So I'm like, okay, this is evidence. I'm on the right path of something as good as happening. And I just kept at it. About nine months later, I was completely out of debt, took myself back up to six figures and uh, voila. And I, I recognized- And you showed that. Steve. <laughs> oh boy, was I happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really a pivotal moment because while I taught that, I think I'd never had such a low moment financially uh, where I was scared. I've had low moments before, but I was used to the low moments previously. So they weren't so scary. <laughs> when you make a lot of money, or at least what seemed like decent money, and then you lose it, that seems extra scary. Yes. Because, yes. You know, you have a, a standard of living. You you feel like, yeah, you can always pull it off. When I wasn't pulling it off anymore, there was no pulling that rabbit out of a hat. There were no rabbits. Yeah. And I imagine that, that you draw on that experience a lot when you're talking with clients now that are at and low myself. points. And myself. I mean, I think I still get, I'll still get caught in a trap about, well, how do I, you know, trying to figure out how, 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 how do I get to that next level? How do I, how do I do better? And when you start racking your brains for hows, that's usually absolutely a sign that you're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> you hear that, everybody? That's great advice. <laughs> when you're racking your brain for how, it usually means you're going in the wrong direction. Mine is, um, I'm going to figure this out. I mean, I need to figure this out. That's always my danger because I could feel like I'm trying to make yeah. sense of it or that it has to be on a particular timeline. Yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, I just experienced that. I, um, I normally have a, a, you know, a big program launch with a lot of uh, promotional partners supporting me in the beginning of the year. And I like to prepare and I like to know like all the free stuff I'm going to give away during my launch long before so I can work on it. I love that stuff. Nothing was coming. I mean, I was like, okay. I told my team, oh, before Christmas, don't y'all worry. We're going to be so far ahead of the game. I'm going to create everything before Christmas. And it's all coasting from there. Well, it came Christmas and I still didn't know what I was going to do for the launch. And I just kept thinking, it will come. It will come. And I'm like, no, I need to figure this out. Am I going to do a free challenge? Am I going to do free masterclasses? And I was like in that place of, I got to figure out how. I got to come up with something cool. I can't like, this is going to be a disaster. I'm like, but it's not coming. Okay, I'm just going to let it go. Somehow this is going to be okay. And then right, I mean, literally right before Christmas, the idea started forming. And then the two months flat, I felt like I came up with my best stuff ever. But it was funny. I had to really practice that muscle of not figuring out well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Trusting that it'll come through when it's supposed to. And the more you rush it, the more it is not going to come through. Yes. I learned, your I learned a lot about creativity in 2020. And I, I had that in one of my episodes, like how 2020 kicked my ass and the lessons I learned and my, and, and knowing like honoring my creativity. That's what I'm hearing. You say you didn't call it your creativity, but it is like, that is like, it's the thing that fuels our marketing. And, 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 and for many of us is like, getting inspired ideas and like getting excited about it. And I, I learned my creativity needs space. <laughs> like it needs like massive amount of space or it needs like to feel like there's space. Like there's nothing on that calendar and like, there's nobody like chirping in my ear. Like I, I need space, which we got a lot of in 2020. And so I got a taste of it. It's like, we got more than we ever would even be able to create. And I realized how much I enjoy that and how much my creativity comes alive. And so that's what I'm hearing is like, you were just like waiting for that inspiration and it takes what it takes. Um, and sometimes it starts in the middle. And I think that I forget that sometimes I was trying to start, well, what's the starting point? Well, I came up with this quiz that I've been hot and heavy about creating for six months and I, I didn't start it. I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time. And then something put a fire under my butt and I did the quiz and I'm like, this is totally out of order. I like to start with the first free thing that I'm going to do and work <laughs> linear because I'm like, nope, I started in the middle and then I wrapped the whole launch around that. And it was just, it, I was so geeking out. And I think it's one of the things I've been really practicing over the last couple of years, especially, um, which is not always the easiest thing to do, which is 
no matter what deadlines you have working on the thing that's inspired because it's calling to you and it feels like it's going to kill you if you don't don't worry if you do that all the other things will work out too even if they're on a time deadline and i have this thing i mean it's a good thing but it's also become my shadow which is i really care about my team and i don't like putting undue pressure on them but what i have been my, my coach pointed this out and I was like, God, I was like, what? She's like, well, your team has to follow you. If that team can't, because I like to create, I mean, talk about last year, I was a maniac with creation. I had never launched so many things in all my life because inspiration was just coming through, right? Like you said, like, yeah, we're not out snow skiing and doing all the things. So okay, inspiration's coming through. And I was feeling bad, like the team can't keep up. I'm going to drive them crazy with all these launches because I just, I'm sorry, but we're going to launch again because and it was almost apologetic, which is crappy energy. Like I'm all excited and then I'm like, oh, but now the team is going to get upset, which isn't a real thing. <laughs> Some people have gotten upset in the past, but the truth is, is they're not the one, I was making up that story. And my coach said, you know, hey, it's okay. You got to go at your pace. You got to, if you want to go fast, you got to go fast. I'm like, oh my God, I always hold myself back because of my team, because oh. I'm a maniac and I don't want to make, I don't want them to have a stress out. That's such a great awareness because you, you, that kept you like in a box and okay. yeah. And that's like, I always like hold my hand up in front of my face when I'm trying to say that we're just too close to it. Like we just, we're, we're experts, we rock it, but, and everyone, you know, listening that if you are aware you're an expert, congratulations, because that took me a while to really claim. So, you know, now I know that I work with evolving experts, people that claim it, but also know that they're on a path. And for those of us that are, that are experts, we, st it doesn't matter. We need a coach. We need somebody outside of the ring, <laughs> never used that metaphor before, that can see shit that we can't see. We're just too freaking close to it and that's the kind of thing where you're, you're like fish in water you're like of course I'm going to be mindful of my team of course I'm gonna you know make sure that they don't feel overwhelmed like that's what a good quote-unquote business person does like you can't see that it just feels like of course like you're not going to question that until someone comes in and says ah, it sounds like you're paying more attention to them and what works for them than what works for you so that's great that's a great awareness that was, it was huge. I mean, you know, talk about all the time, you know, it's about requesting what you want, you get to receive. It's like, oh, well, yeah, they, I just keep to get, like, I, even when I know they're busy, I'll refrain from asking for information that I actually need that I've been curious about. I'm like, oh, I don't want to bother them. I'm like, nope, get to ask for everything I want. Why do I keep doing that? That's the saying. That's huge. That's huge. I love that you have this, this new coach that's that's giving you more insight. So to, to flash back a little bit to the kind of the story that we were on chronologically. So the, you survived the stalker year uh, and, <laughs> and this cop, this little angel that came to your house that told you to choose to live and stop looking over your shoulder. And then your, um, your new guy, Steve, who's still your guy now, um, comes into your life and gives you this three month, you know, or you give yourself a three month thing, you know, based on his questioning and you have a breakthrough and you go back to six figures and you're claiming more now of that, that 90 day experiment of pure pleasure, which I love that y'all, if that resonates with you, try it. It sounds like a really, like a, it sounds a really juicy experiment. And so is, is there like a, uh, so, so let's talk about like, so the next thing that, that happens in your life that is kind of hugely impactful. And I think, yeah. I think another big, it's another big breakthrough around marketing and asking for support. Mm -hmm. it was when I, it was when we came together and we were masterminding and all these people in our industry were doing these big, you know, million dollar launches. And it was something as an underdog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I could never pull that off. And they would talk about how stressful it was. And I'm like, well, for sure, if it's stressful, I'm not doing that. <laughs> There's yes. no way, 
you know, they would say, you know, oh, I did a million dollars, but I'm never doing it again. It was so stressful. I'm like, well, I'll just mark, I would, that wasn't on my list to do, but I'll just make sure it never gets on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I already have, I'm not going to stress out. My whole thing is about having fun. And then I remember talking to um, our mutual friend, Rob Coyette, who was on my team at the time. And I'm like, I can't remember what I said. I was just, you know, talking about that whole topic. He's like, Gina, you could totally launch like that. I'm like, no. He's like, why not? I said, because those people stress out. He's like, well, if you just plan, it doesn't have to be stressful. They wait till the last minute. I'm like, oh, I can plan. I'm a planner. And I said, oh, but one thing. Do you think we could have fun? Like, I, it was a, a serious question. I said, do you promise that if we try this, we can have fun? <laughs> He's like, yes, of course. I said, okay, then I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love you. I love you. Cause with my, you know, unlaunch and unmentor, my whole GFR thing, it's, it's my commitment to having fun and being in, in enjoy. I say enjoyment and fulfillment, enjoyment and fulfillment. I just want to freaking, if you're not enjoying it. And I just love that. That is like, that is your nap. It's not everyone's natural go-to and they don't prioritize that over money fun. And it sounds sort of trivial and like, what are you talking about? But whatever listener, whatever your version of feeling good sound like is like making that a top priority is like really what we're talking about here. And I just always love that about you. Um, <laughs> I just always love that about you. So, so Rob said, yes, you can have fun. And you said, okay, I'll do it. Even though it, it felt like it was like, that's for other people. It was for other people, not Gina. And I knew that I wanted to get uh, joint venture partners to promote me. So that was the other really big hurdle. But I think um, it was a great thing because I, I had to ask people for help. And I really, quote, again, didn't want to bug people. Even though I promoted so many people over the years, because I, yes, I had grown have. an email list from way back, right? And people always used to say, hey, can you promote this? Can you? Sure. I help a friend. I love you. You're awesome. I'll promote you. I didn't even care if I got commission from it or whatever. I would just say yes. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to bug these people. And who am I? You know, maybe these people are a bigger list than me. I just had all my just stuff. I didn't want to bother people. It was ridiculous. So I said, okay, we're going to make this a game because clearly I'm scared off. You know, I'm scared out of my mind to ask people for this. So I just decided that I was going to get, I can't remember, I set a goal of getting like a hundred, I want to ask a hundred people to support me. I didn't even know a hundred people to ask, you know, like, who am I going to ask to do this? This sounds like a really big ask to me. I just made it a game. And then I just kept thinking, well, I don't want to sound like a salesperson, like, hey, hello, I know you don't know me, but would you like to promote my thing? <laughs> So you made tattoos. Was that the year of the tattoos? <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was the year of tattoos, but I did ask myself, how can I personalize this so people don't just feel like I'm going through a list calling people? Because I wasn't. I didn't really know who I was calling next. I said, I'm going to make every, I started to think, I'm going to start making people personal videos. Like, I didn't just make one video and send it to everybody. I just did different videos. And um, I was still nervous. I still felt like a dork. And that was before there was systems for sending people personal videos. You, this was just something that instinctively you decided to do. Yeah. Now and, there's like software for that, but that was before. Yeah. That. And so <laughs> people started saying yes. And then if people said no, I was okay with that. I started playing the no game because I still was, I noticed I was procrastinating on asking people. I'm like, okay, we're going to go back to my roots. When I first started coaching, I want to get the five no's every day. <laughs> we keep asking people to support me until I get five no's for the day, then I can quit. So I could get my energy off, like, you know, whatever people say, no big deal, but it worked. I think we had over, I think we had like 50 or 60 people say yes. And I just couldn't believe it. And the cool thing going from this, you'll love this because of you, you love this whole gig about doing what you want. I remember, I didn't know how to launch. I'd never taken a class on it. And so I was just making up crazy stuff. <laughs> I was just doing whatever. I'm like, I love that about you. But <laughs> this sounds fine. And it worked. And I think it really worked not from a marketing standpoint. It was just energetic. Well, you know? because you suck at marketing. So it couldn't have been that. It couldn't have been that. <laughs> but I mean, really, there was like, if a marketing expert came in and looked at it, they would have been like, and they did. I remember I hired another guy who would both know. And I said, I, I need you. I'm going to get you to consult with me. And he came back and looked at my launch. He's like, well, I'll just tell you right now. I remember what you did. This one pivotal thing, the most important thing you did not do. And I'm like, oh really? 
ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yes, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, a, I made my first $100,000 on a launch. That was like, you know, some people don't even make that much in a year. And here I made that in, you know, this two week time period. But I, obviously I planned before that. But I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. Like, you know, because you hear me talk, I freaking love launching. A lot of people hate it. But I think Most. because- You're, When I talk about my unlaunch program and I talk about, you know, it's like old school and, you know, forced and structured and hypey and like, and I said, and most people I know don't enjoy it, except there have two exceptions, you and Melinda, who is a future guest and a very good friend, found your, but you found, it's because you found your way to yeah. enjoy it. And, and it takes like intentionality to say, I'm going to find my way. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out what I don't want. I'm going to double down on what I do want. And that it takes courage and fortitude and not everybody could figure that out on their own, which is why I have the unlaunched program now. Cause I'm like, let me just hold your hand while you figure out what you like, toss out what you don't create your way. And so I'm so happy for you that you've created your way. It's, it's, it's just amazing because what your work is amazing and I want it in more hands <laughs> and, uh, Anyway, sorry, I had to go off on a little, uh, I love you, Gina rant there. So <laughs> because it's, it's what you're, what you're saying, it's one of those simple, but not easy things. It's like, I, you know, I didn't even know I was missing this thing that you must do. And ignorance is bliss because ignorance is bliss, except I, sometimes I wish we could wipe our memories. Like, so I did a marketing reset retreat last month and talk about it. It made me think of it when you said, sometimes your creativity starts in the middle and just go with the thing that you are inspired by and don't worry about it because then the other things will come into place, which I think is great advice. And I got this idea for this marketing reset retreat, even was able to get marketingresetretreat.com, which to me is always a sign from the universe of how can that URL be available? But it was. And I didn't know what, what it was. I was like, what's this marketing reset retreat? And, and was able to then build an unlaunch around this you know, retreat, which wound up being this time a half day, super successful, super fun. And so, yeah, I, I really relate to what you're saying. And I just, I just, I love it. I just, I want it to reverberate into all of the mission-based people's ears that need to be helping us heal this planet that are being, that are being kept small because of all of these rules and the shoulds of the way it should be done. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I did get caught up in the rules after that, because once I get into launching, right, I wanted to, I'm a striver. I like to do, I like competition with myself. You, you I do. like to set big goals because it's like, well, can I do it? Well, I want to, so let's see. But I think I, I got, again, got in a trap though of the marketing thing. I, then I really studied launches. I learned a ton about them, which was great. But I think it, well, I still was creative in everything I did. I still, I think I got so caught up in the, again, underdog. Well, how are these other people who I feel like their content is not even half as good as me? I know I over-deliver because I know the systems we have on the back end. I know how our team feels about coaching. How are these people doing it? And I can't seem to get past a certain point. And so instead of thinking mindset, which I preach, <laughs> and energy, I'm like, the key must be, I mean, I always paid attention to that, but I think I put more of an emphasis on, well, what do I need to improve conversion on these launches and got so in my head that it would tamp down the creativity. Yes. And it took me going, uh, some launches going backwards, like instead of going better, they went back, which was a good look to see, well, where's my energy? Where can I be more clear in the messaging? Because at this time, I actually get that I'm a marketer. I'm like, oh, I'm badass at marketing. <laughs> so we we jettison the, un, the, the I'm not polished. Now we jettison the I suck at marketing. This is good. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> it's like, really, marketing's easy. Anybody can get marketing. It's just a framework. But I think it's the, I've always said this, which is it is the mindset, though, that fuels all the marketing activity. So if you don't let the strategy dominate, you're going to be okay. Yeah, there's a structure there and some things that'll really work, but there's a lot of room to color outside the lines. Yes. A lot of room. It, it took some undoing because I hadn't even noticed 
and I was in a rut, like, well, oh, well, this is how I had success before. So we're going to do that same thing. We're just going to tweak some things. But I, all of a sudden, like five years in, I'm like, oh, I'm in a box with this. I'm in a total box with the way I launch. And then it became even so uh, constructive, like I'm in a box about the date that I launch and which date when. I remember I wanted to do this happened, this, this big aha moment came about two years ago. I was sitting in my hairdresser, getting my hair colored and I had my laptop, I had my iPad on my lap. And she says, you've been looking at that calendar for like a half an hour, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I can't figure out a day that seems good to start my free challenge. She's like, you have, I see you, you have all that room right there. I'm like, it can't start on a Tuesday. <laughs> She's like, why not? And I'm like, because that's not how challenges work. Like it cannot. <laughs> yeah, Miss hairdresser. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just looked at her. I'm like, oh, I just hit me when she, and I, I was like, so fierce. It was driven by fear. Like, no, I was taught they must start on a Monday. Therefore it must start on a Monday, but it wasn't working out in my calendar. And I'm like, well, this feels, it, it sounds ridiculous saying it now, but I was so scared. Like what? I'm going to change what I've been taught to start it on a day that works best for me. Is this going to work? And it was like, wow, I think there are a lot of places I'm probably doing this. It, it became, it became the year of looking at where am I still following rules that I am not even conscious that I'm following rules. Cause I'm such a, I feel like I'm not a rule follower. Me neither, but it is, and it's amazing when we find an area where we're still following rules. It's so illuminating. Oh, oh, so many rules, so many rules. Oh my God, rules everywhere, not just in business, but in life. Like, oh my gosh, if I don't attend this event, like a, yes. a personal event even, people are going to be mad at me. That's, that's not appropriate. It's not the thing, you can't do that. I'm like, well, if I don't feel like it, then I should, why should I go? What are you doing? You're still following rules like you're some little girl and mommy's going to get mad. <laughs> what the hell? I freaking love this conversation because it, it oh my god. I have this whole <laughs> I have this whole rant on a commitment. Keeping your commitments. You have to keep your commitments and if you say something you got to follow through and we have this whole construct, you know, uh, in the marketing reset retreat, one of the questions I asked is what rules do you have that keep you for, keep you doing the things you don't want to do? What rules or logic are you following that the result is you have to keep doing something even though you don't want to do it, don't like it, doesn't feel good? Like to me, I mean, that's what the GFR commandments are all about. Like, let's just unearth. And one of your favorites, number six, is have faith in yourself and your mission. And that confession question is, what would I do differently if I had faith in myself and my mission? So you would break the rules, right? If you have faith, you break the rules. I would constantly break the rules. I'm a rule breaker, not for the sake of breaking rules, just because it's like, I don't want it to matter. I want to be the freedom to do what I want to do my way and still have it work out. And in marketing, as you know, there's so many rules. And but if you go from one mentor to the next, they're going to have a different set of rules. And pretty soon you're like worried to do anything outside the lines. Yes. Which is why I called my thing now unmentor. Cause I'm just like, no, you don't need another system. Let's just like remove the layers and like find the gold. <laughs> but that is you because you don't need another, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. I love it. So we're in a kind of our last, our final segment here. And so how has all of this now impacted where like this latest version that is you and your business and and the life that you've created from all this experience and I really love that you go back 25 years because there's not very many of us I don't think that have been doing this before the internet and online marketing and social media and you know there there's there's something to be said for uh, this period of time that has been that is so different from how we started and, and being able to, to land now in a way that feels good because I feel like, you know, when I first started conscious marketing, I'll, I'll, I'll come back around to my question to remind you later. When I, when I go, to go back to my roots of conscious marketing, it was about the message that is aligned with you and you claiming your ideal client and, and really out of the box from that standpoint. And now, you know, the, all of the, the, all of the versions in between now I'm at the, how do you do business? How do you implement the marketing? How do you be in your business in a way that is feels good to you and is is sustainable and fulfilling and 
and and there wasn't so many choices back then there wasn't so much confusion and shoulds and rules as there was back then so i love that you know we are both in that business of helping people you know create something that they fucking love <laughs> amen yeah so to reiterate my question for where you are now in your business and in your life what do you what do you feel really are the things that that you've that it's like, you know what, I've learned this lesson and you've covered a lot of this in your conversation, but I have learned this lesson so clearly now that it is, it is stuck and it is, it really feeds what I am offering. So it's like fed, so your healing is fueling your work in some way and the expression of what you're doing now. So anything you haven't shared that you want to, that you would add? I think it just, I think it does come back to the sixth commandment, which is trusting myself and trusting myself also just means trusting I'm going to be okay. I think I always feared that if I don't get it right, then I'm going to get it wrong. Oh, if I don't get it right, I'm going to get it wrong. And what I've realized is I'm always going to be okay. If I play the long game, I think before I was always playing the short game. If I don't succeed in this one segment or this month or this launch or this whatever it is, then I'm doomed versus uh, it doesn't matter if that thing fails because all I have to do is just keep on point with what I really, truly feel excited to do. And it's all going to work out. I mean, last year I was just flinging stuff out into the market. Like, I think I should do this. And it was all, I knew it was stuff my clients would love, but no prep, you know, like launching idea to launch in one week. And people going crazy over the stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, how much easier does this get? And really trusting that. And then when I'm not inspired, like it was weird at the end of the year, I wasn't inspired to do, do that. I wasn't flinging anything anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're tired. Like, yeah, I was like, just let that be okay. I was like, I don't feel inspired. I was up at my cabin. I was doing, I didn't know we were, you know, dirt biking, whatever. I wasn't inspired. And so it's like, oh, just trust the ebb and the flow of it. Because yes. if you play the long game, you're always going to be okay. And trusting that whatever I choose to do in whatever moment is what's supposed to be. Because if I'm supposed to be doing something else, I would be inspired to do it. And I'm not. So there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love all of this. Uh, it's so fun because we haven't talked in a while. So I'm like, oh my God, we're saying the same thing. So I've been talking to my clients about, about things that come out of the blue. So now we have like blue money and blue clients and blue opportunities. Cause like, you know, you're looking to the right and you're like, I'm doing this thing and it's going to get this result. And meanwhile, the things are coming from the left that you didn't hear like, wait a minute. No, it's supposed to come from over here. And it's, and I love, you know, and we, we, I've been saying like, you know, just keep doing what feels good and good stuff will come to you. And it may not be from where you expect, but if you, if you stay in the flow of that and inspired good shit happens. And I, I like, playing the long game and just because you don't have to worry about not getting it right. I, like you said, I, I, if I don't get it right, I'll get it wrong. And what you're saying is if you play the long game, it really doesn't matter if that one thing doesn't go well, you just keep, keep going. And obviously you're learning from, you know, whatever didn't go well. Yeah. Playing, playing the long game for sure. We've both been playing the long game in <laughs> this crazy freaking uh, mission-based entrepreneur world for mine's 22 you're 25 i don't think i realized you were older than me in business so i'm i'm just so grateful to be to have you on my journey with me gina gabellini ditto i miss lisa lisa normally when i see lisa in person she pets my arm i do <laughs> she's not always up. free because you always wear a tank top but yes <laughs> i always feel drawn to 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 love on you physical touch yes i do miss that so when i see you next beware because i'm just gonna hug you and not let go for like a really awkward amount of time <laughs> <laughs> all right gina gabellini so happy to finally have you on the gfr show i love everything you shared and um i appreciate your investment of time with me <laughs> well you know it was a pleasure so I, only good things will come from being with miss lisa Cheerney. <laughs> thank you for that all right bye-bye for now well wasn't that fun i am super excited about the free gift that she's giving my peeps which is her more clients now template her shit is real good y'all even her free shit <laughs> is really good so i would go check that out link in the show notes 
And then for our GFR squad members, which by the way is our low, low, low investment, $20 a month way to be in community with me and other people that are GFRing and using the 12 GFR commandments each month. We take one as a theme. We have an awesome intimate Zoom call where we confess and share and listen. No confessions are not required. And it's just, it's a, it's a really great place to park yourself if you want a place to let your hair down and be real and speak your truth. So for our GFR squad members, every episode, our guest does a special training. And this one is called, you're going to love this, Manifest Mega Moolah. How to Manifest Mega Moolah. And it's a one, two, three, four, four-step process that I learned a lot, actually. You know, there's just, sometimes we just need to hear sort of a similar theme from multiple places to really have it land. And she just has an amazing way of breaking things down, simplifying it. So you could invest $20 to join the squad, and then you can listen to her bonus, Manifest Mega Moolah, <laughs> to fund your other months. Would love to have you there. Um, we've had lots of new members lately. It's really, it's a really... A special place and would love for you to join. Um, so go to gfr, gfr.life forward slash squad. And until next time, subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the episodes and I'll see you next time.